0: You listen to me. You're Nick... FUCKING... Cage!
1: Hello and welcome to the Nick F&Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob and I am joined by Cat Valore. Cat, how you doing? Good, how are you? I am, uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Um a little later than normal um, when okay. we normally record these, and so that's going to throw me off a little bit. Not going to lie, but uh, other than that, I'm doing good.
0: We'll get there. It'll be okay.
1: Yeah, that's normally the kind of thing you don't bring attention to and you just roll with, <laughs> but not me. That's not no. how I do things.
0: We have a transparency policy at the Nick and yes. Moon Cage cast.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, full transparency, uh, when we get into this week's movie, there is a 100% chance I am going to call it something different every time and none of the titles <laughs> that I call it are going to be correct
0: uh that was me looking up the movie on yes. the Roku to try and <laughs> watch yes. it
1: um, it
0: also for whatever reason I don't know did you have this where uh, like you looked it up and then it gave you it had the right movie but the wrong year and it really confused me because it said it came out last year which I think was maybe just the date that they added it uh, to Paramount plus you know, I but didn't it, like, notice it confused that. me.
1: <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I have heard some people on some other shows that I listen to talk about that. Um specifically other horror podcasts that I listen to have mentioned that, you know, cuz uh, you and I are both horror movie fans, we do a show called Slasher Radio all about horror movies. I'm guessing the majority of our audience for this show listens to that show and have come here from <laughs> that at this point. Probably. Um So everyone's aware of that, Uh, but if you're not, check out Slasher Radio wherever you're listening to uh, the Nick Fucking Woo Cage cast. But um, it has come up on horror podcasts a lot because uh, horror people, as you know, we're always searching for new movies. And a lot of horror movies get released sort of under the radar and then end up on streaming before you even know it. Yeah. And so a lot of people have been tricked by finding these movies that have been listed as 2023 movies but they're not, they're older movies. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that have just yeah, I've been noticing that more and more recently. Um and it really threw me off with this one because I looked it up uh and it told me that there was a movie of the same title that came out last year. And I was like, okay, well that's obviously not the one that I'm looking for. So then I looked up the name of the movie and the year, mm-hmm. and Roku was like, No, doesn't exist, <laughs> never <laughs> happened. And I was like,
1: What? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, anyway, uh, but none of that is our fault, by the way, because this ti- this movie has the most generic title in the world. It's called Racing with the Moon. Yeah, And I don't know what the title means. Um, I thought maybe the movie would explain, but not so much, really.
0: Almost. Yeah. Uh, there were races.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, sort of. I, I didn't understand the rules of the race or what was happening there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but we'll get into the movie here uh, momentarily. First, we should start off with some Nick Cage news. There's not much.
0: Okay. I'm glad you um, have some. <laughs> huh. I'm glad you have some. Got
1: one one thing, and I I think it's um I, I don't know whether this is actually going to happen or not, but uh, so um it looks like according to IGN, uh, Nicholas Cage has met with, and I'm going to screw this guy's name up. He uh, Hideo Kojima. Oh, oh, um, okay, I'm excited. Yeah, and so now a lot of fans are convinced that he's going to be in Death Stranding 2.
0: Yes. That would be fantastic. Um, Here's the thing.
1: Uh, So, um, this Kojima fella, um, who I guess is a video game guy. I don't know. He is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure he's great at it. I'm just not a video game. Like, I I like to play video games, but I don't know people's names who make them or whatever. Yeah. Um, But So, there's a picture of him and Nicolas Cage and some sort of, I don't know what the fuck that thing is, uh, in his uh, studio together. And so now people are saying he's going to be in Death Stranding 2. Now, I didn't play Death Stranding because I heard it was bad.
0: I also didn't play Death Stranding. Um, Not because I heard it was bad. It was just one of those things I didn't get around to doing. Okay. Um, I assume it was good, though. Well, they're
1: making a (laughs) sequel, so... I mean, I guess that just means it made money. It doesn't necessarily mean it was good. (laughs) That's true. But... I mean, I, I. it seems like I had read bad things about it or something, because I thought it looked like an interesting game, and I had considered picking it up, and then um, I read like it was terrible, but I don't know. Anymore with video games, when they first get released, if you read reviews right away, people will say talk about how bad they are, because they don't release finished games anymore. Yeah. So maybe that was the issue, I I don't know, but uh, people seem to be very excited about the idea that he's going to at least cameo in Death Stranding 2. I don't understand enough about like licensing and how things work, because we know he's going to be in Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Um, and I sent you the picture that was posted on Instagram of them together in his studio. That thing in between the two of them, oh, do you have any idea what the hell that is? I have is? no
0: idea what the hell that thing okay.
1: is. Okay. It's like a weird astronaut-suited monster or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's
0: got to be some kind of like prototype for yeah. something, but uh, in this age, it is not recognizable to me, at least.
1: No, not at all. Am I, I f- like that jacket Nicholas Cage is wearing, though.
0: Oh yeah, great jacket.
1: Yeah, I bet it. It just looks like the kind of thing that I. It seems like I could afford, but it's going to be really expensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, I have no idea how to go about finding like clothing online. You know, I'll just Google Nick Nicholas Cage jacket. and then I'll get a jacket with a picture of Nicolas Cage's face on it, which I'll probably be wearing next week Um, so anyway, that's the only news that I saw uh, this week regarding Nicolas Cage, but uh, I will get further information on that, I'm sure, as we get closer to I have no idea when Death Stranding 2 is supposed to be out or anything about it but um, if you are a fan of video games and uh, Death Stranding in particular, you might want to check that out um are we ready to get into racing with the moon?
0: Uh, yeah, real quick. I did send out a thing cause I was worried that this might be our first week without Nick cage news. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not seen this. Uh, I did just want to shine a little spotlight on the, uh, the very active Nick cage community. Uh, I had to get up super early to watch this today because mm-hmm. I had a full work day uh, and I was worried that I wouldn't have time in between work and watching the Which I absolutely did. Uh, I -hmm. spent that time napping when I should have been asleep this morning instead. Uh, But I did. I was worried I wouldn't have the time. So I woke up like before dawn to watch this movie today. Good lord. Uh, Yeah, it was a a time. So I sent out a tweet, uh, explaining the situation that I had to get up before dawn to watch a Nick Cage movie before I went into work. Uh, and a lot of people thought that was a really relatable experience. A Mm -hmm. lot of people shared Nick Cage movies that they would wake up early to watch before work. Uh, Very active community on there. So oh, that's fun! Thank you to all the Nick Cage fans that yeah, uh, spent yeah, time that's... with me this morning at an ungodly hour. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's fun. I uh, actually just started reading the uh, book Age of Cage
0: hmm.
1: uh, by Keith Phillips, and um, I'll probably mention a few things from that book uh, today. It's it's uh, it seems like it's going to be a really quick read, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm uh, about seventy five pages in, but that's um, exciting. Yeah, I am enjoying that so far. One of the things I can actually wanted to mention, too, is last week I said that uh, it seemed odd that he would take a starring role in Valley Girl and then follow it up with such a small role in Rumblefish. Um, And this book actually shines a little light on that for me um, because, and this did not occur to me, both those movies came out in the same year. Rumblefish was actually filmed before Valley Girl. It was just released after. Oh. which makes all the sense in the world. So he didn't go from a smaller role or from a bigger role to a smaller role. He had actually already filmed Rumblefish. Um so that works, I guess.
0: That being said, uh I feel like Rumblefish is the kind of movie that Nick Cage would have just willingly starred in anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he probably would have done it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Let's do this uh racing with what's it called? Racing with the Moon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have a cheat sheet. I have it like up on the computer. It just says racing with the moon.
1: It was nineteen forty-three, and young men were counting the days until they would go off to war.
0: When do you leave? Next month. In just four short weeks, me and my buddy here are gonna be proud members of the United States Marine Corps. Get back where you belong! Yeah,
1: this war is driving them all crazy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: the Nazis got this thing, right? It comes right out of the ground and goes right for it. Blows the whole package right off. One second, you're John Wayne and the
1: next, you're Minnie Mouse. I just hate to see you spend the last few weeks of your manhood chasing something you can't catch.
0: How'd you like the flowers? Oh, so you're the one. Well, at least you're harmless. So tell me about Michael. Like could see my boyfriend or something? Excuse me? Oh, I get it. You want a picture for your wallet. You want some girl who's gonna send you flowers and poems. Don't you ever think about anything but hiking up some girl's dress? Like what? Look, I've got this under control, all right? Nikki, you promised. Stop saying I promised you. Why do you have to come here?
1: That girl you saw last night, Nikki got her pregnant.
0: You, Nicky, you know what's the matter with me? You're always making your life a mess, and I'm always getting out of it. Hops, since when did you become such a saint, huh? Huh, Hop. The only difference between me and you is you've been lucky, that's all.
1: In the last few weeks, being around you, I think about things.
0: Like what sort of things? Coming back. Sean Penn. Elizabeth McGovern. Nicholas Cage.
1: Race with me! Race with me!
0: Racing with the moon. I mean,
1: I was searching for flying the moon. <laughs> I was looking for chasing the moon, I, all sorts of things. And finally, I had to Google it. I had to pull up Nick Cage Filmography to get the right name uh, for this film to be able to find it. It's so generic.
0: I did too. I had I Racing for the moon. I don't know why I was positive i was like 100 percent sure that was the title of this thing Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i did try a couple other things after that like racing against the moon and um (laughs) just i don't know um Uh, and yeah once you watch them and i thought you know i'm gonna laugh about this once i've seen the movie and the title makes sense but it doesn't no no, Um, not
1: really not really (laughs) um but we usually start off talking about uh uh, the Nick Cage performance in the movie. Um, this is a much bigger role than he had in Rumblefish. Yes. Um, I think it's. I. I think this is really maybe the first movie where I thought he was good, not great. Um, that's kind
0: of how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, and I. I don't know that that's really a, a knock on him or or his performance. I just. I think he was doing what the role called for. Yeah. It's just the role is. Kind of bland. I mean, this, and when we get into the movie overall, we'll talk about this, but the movie's just kind of bland. Yes. Um, um,
0: and I completely agree with you. I think he makes really interesting de- decisions as an actor, and we've seen that. We saw that in Valley Girl, where he had the freedom to like goof around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it in Rumblefish, where everyone else was goofing around, and he was taking it very seriously. Yes. Uh, this was a movie where he lived the part uh he was his character it was phenomenal acting but it was like all the goofiness and craziness to the extent that there was any felt very in place in the world and everyone else matched his energy
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh which is something we don't see a lot
1: yeah Yeah, this is an example of (laughs) nick cage making the same movie as everyone else
0: yeah Uh, which is fine
1: it's there's it's not there's nothing wrong with that it just it, it was it's it's such a kind of middle of the road role middle of the road movie i do think the only time that i was really invested in this movie were the scenes um between Nicolas cage and sean penn
0: i uh, wish that this had been a movie about Nicolas cage and sean penn i feel like narratively it was a movie about those two yes like but it got distracted to tell a love story with Sean Penn and his love interest, And I did not care about that.
1: (laughs) No, no. I I felt like the, the friendship between the two of them was the most interesting aspect of the movie. And those were the most interesting scenes. Um, and a lot of that does go to Nicholas cage, but some of it also is the tip of the hat to Sean Penn because he's, he's a tremendous actor as well. And the two of them had great chemistry. Like they just worked well together. I thought
0: they did. Um, Um, They really, really did.
1: Yeah. And so that made it like, those were the the best scenes in in the film. Like when it was Sean Penn and his dad or Sean Penn and his girlfriend or whatever. I didn't, I wasn't invested really. I didn't care.
0: See, I liked the scenes with Sean Penn and his dad also. Um, Except for they were so few and far between that they always felt out of place. Yeah. Like, even though I liked them, I thought the dad was kind of an interesting character and i liked as a plot point that he's just kind of like he goes and he helps his dad dig graves which Mm -hmm. is just a very surreal plot line anyway uh but then he has kind of a weird relationship to the fact that his dad is grave digger and i thought that was also kind of poignant but they didn't utilize it like nearly enough Um,
1: yeah it was there there were um just a few of those they were spread out throughout the movie and they were it seemed like they were always very short yeah. Like we didn't spend very much time with them at all. It was largely it was Sean Penn and his girlfriend or Sean Penn with Nicolas Cage. Um, and
0: I I think if we had cut all of the Sean Penn with his girlfriend, um this could have been I think I actually would have liked this movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. because there were elements in here that were really fantastic, but it needed to be, you know, like, there are enough war stories about falling in love before a war and then right. going off to war. You know, that's that's, like, that's every war movie. I always make about- fun of
1: war movies. I'm not a big <laughs> war movie fan. And when people ask me why I don't like them, I'm always like, it's this, always the same characters. There's always some guy named Brooklyn who wants, wants to get back and see his girl, <laughs> and, you know, he's going to get shot in the head or whatever. You know, like, it's always yeah. the same thing. Um, and yeah, this feels like just, uh, this feels like more of that except for they're not actually to the war yet.
0: Yeah. This felt like it, it could have been something different. It could have been a different kind of war movie where it's just about, you know, like the growing pain, like a slice of life movie almost, you know, Mm -hmm. there's kind of that restlessness and uh, a coming of age aspect, uh. and all of that stuff I really liked, but then it was like it was almost like they knew that because this was technically a war movie, they had to squeeze some romance in there, or it wouldn't sell, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> the girlfriend yeah. felt like an afterthought. Um, but I've, I did I, buddy movies, buddy war movies with Nick Cage is the genre <laughs> that we need.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that it, that was certainly the most interesting part of this movie. So I think had we got more of that, it would have maybe made the movie a little more interesting. It's a slow movie. Um, it just by nature, the story that it's telling, it's not, you know, it it's just sort of goes along. And, um, I will say that I actually had to watch it. Uh, I had to, I had to start it over today and finish watching it because I fell asleep when I was watching it the other night. Um, <laughs> and I'm not totally blaming that on the movie. I mean, I was tired. It was, you know, a long night. I laid down on the couch. I was watching it and I was just out in a hurry. Um, it's a, it's a much slower movie. Uh, it was, first of all, I want to point out my favorite character is Elmer. Did you notice Elmer? No. Okay. So there's a scene where Sean Penn is going into a library and Elmer is walking out and he, he's, he's walking with a cane and he just smacks Sean Penn with his cane. (laughs) And then Sean Penn's character, yeah, it just goes, uh, I'm going to take that cane from you Elmer. And I was like, Elmer's the best part of this movie. That guy's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the only time he shows up in the movie, absolutely incredible. I will. That's the one thing I'll remember about this movie. If nothing else, it will be Elmer just yeah, for some one... reason whacking him with the cane. And the reaction that Sean Penn's character gives, it makes it seem like this happens all the time. Like Elmer's just constantly hitting <laughs> this guy with his cane.
0: Okay, I might go back and uh, watch just that part again. <laughs> yeah, that it's great. That does good.
1: It's great and it's totally random, you know, like, it's <laughs> yeah. not like Elmer comes back at the end of the movie and saves the day with his cane or anything. He just, it just happens.
0: Oh Man, now I'm sad I miss it because I think Elmer also would have been my favorite.
1: Yeah, it was also, I did like the dog with the goggles.
0: Uh, yeah, the dog. I liked yeah. Argus.
1: Yes, yeah. Argus, that was that was kinda nice. I like that he, he had goggles on his on his dog. Um other than that, uh, I'm trying to think of the real standout scenes in this movie. There's not a lot. I mean, the um I guess the main two would be the one in the bowling alley where they had the fight with Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoyed watching that. I it was making me like my anxiety was kicking up watching him set those pins and to think that's how people really had to do it back in the day.
0: That freaked me out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and right. it was almost more... Uh, there was something really unsettling about how they weren't anxious about it. Like, he's yelling at Crispin Glover, you know, uh, during the scene for trying to hit him with the bowling ball. But it's like, I, I think it almost, like... If I knew that someone were actively trying to hit me with a bowling ball while I were setting up pins like that, I'd keep my eyes on the fucking ball. Like... <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. Although I didn't
1: understand because it was a manual ball return too, so he had to retrieve Crispin Glover's ball and and send it back to him. Yeah, I would have set the pins before I sent the ball back. Right at that point, but he didn't do it that way. I I didn't quite understand, but yeah, that was that was nerve wracking. But I and I did enjoy that scene, although it got a little weird at the end with Nick Cage wiping blood off that woman's dress and then just groping her
0: yeah there's that one shot uh and at first i thought that was like his girlfriend and then we meet his girlfriend and it's like oh
1: (laughs) yeah yeah just some rando yeah that was that was really weird but uh i did like that scene that the tension of just the the natural tension of just being a pin setter at a bowling alley was was like too much and then you got crispin glover like you said trying to hit him with the with the bowling ball and that that turned into a fight and uh, I, I, enjoyed that, and I, I also very much enjoyed the, uh, scene where they were hustling the, uh, or trying to hustle the sailors for, for money at pool.
0: So, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, I also had two standout scenes from this, uh, and one of mine was the pool scene. I don't know what it was about the, like, it was just executed very well. Like, there yeah. was a lot of tension, um... It felt very tightly focused, which was something that overall this movie lacked. And yeah. I think if they had filmed all of the movie like they filmed that pool scene, it would have been much better.
1: Yeah, it was. A, they did a really great job with that, um, with just creating the tension and and everything, like you said. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, there was just something that was it was really well done. I I really enjoyed that scene. Um, what was the other standout
0: that you had? Uh, the other standout for me was actually the other scene in the bully al- bowling alley where Nick Cage. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Wait, where he what?
0: Where he sings?
1: Oh yes, yes. I kind of forgot about that. Um, but yes, he does indeed it, sing. That's
0: because it was not plot relevant, and it was one of the um. I guess like Elmer, it was one of those things where you kind of. Almost expect it to come back around, you know, because mm-hmm. they've had like this piano arc and now we find out Nick Cage can sing and yeah. it's not like I thought they were going to like start a band or anything. But like I thought it was going to come back around and have a reprisal moment and it, it did not.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> there, there's so a lot it's kind of, of that it's to this forget movie. about, yeah. but
0: the again it's one of those scenes i it was one of my favorite scenes because we get to see how charismatic nick cage can be you know Mm -hmm. he's like just kind of goofing off but he and he's not a great singer by any stretch of the imagination uh but he's got that you know he's he commands the screen in that scene and i think it's where we get to see him having the most fun Mm in this one
1: yeah i think um there's a lot of those sort of things that, that that sort of pop up in this movie and don't ever really come back in any way. Yeah. Um, little things like Elmer, uh, the singing. And like you said, uh, Sean Penn's piano playing in the film yeah. is like, it's brought up a couple of times. and It feels like it's really going to somehow be a major thing in the movie, but it's really not. It's just sort of there. It just sort of exists.
0: It opens with his mother talking to him about Carnegie Hall. I'm not exaggerating when i say i thought this was a movie about a piano player um <laughs> okay like when it opened up cuz i didn't remember what the synopsis for this was and it opens up and they just his mom is making such a big deal about the piano and i was going to be like okay so he's going to like cut loose and go wild and join the war and wonder what could have been with him and his piano and it's just, it's not a thing <laughs> like <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it never really comes. It does pay off, I guess, in the very end of the movie. She tells him to take care of his hands or whatever as he's going off to war.
0: Yeah. Um, and he does, he teaches the girlfriend, they play that song together, which I, mm-hmm. I guess was something, but yeah. it, it's I, not nearly as big a deal as they make it out to be in the opening of this movie.
1: I feel like this movie maybe works really well as a, as like a slice of life movie for people who lived through this. Yeah. Because I can see kind of what they're going for and everything, but it doesn't work for me as that sort of slice of life kind of piece because I I can't relate to it in any way. You know what I mean? Like, they're really excited to go off to this war. And if I had to go to a war, I would be trying to figure out how to sneak across the border into Canada. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to a fucking war.
0: Um See, that's but one there- of the things I where the girlfriend really screws it up because I think it could have worked even as someone that has no interest in going to war and would not have been you know drafted for a war. Uh I it would have worked for me as a slice of life movie if it had maybe been more about the difference between the excitement of going to war and the actual preparation of going, mm-hmm. you know, cuz he's like cuz they have this kind of build up where it's this big exciting thing to go to war and then he starts to experience some melancholy like Mm -hmm. as it's actually getting you know closer to the time that he leaves i think if there had been no romance there to kind of like give him that hollywood cinematic send-off at the end i think that would have hit a lot harder as a as a character piece right um and obviously that's not what we got. So, so yeah, it just kind of bounces tone between like I'm kind of sad about going to this war and like oh yeah, let's get eagle tattoos.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really odd. But you know, and again, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what these kids in the '40s thought about getting shipped off to this war to fight off the Nazis or whatever the hell they were doing. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe they were all gung ho and excited. It just doesn't resonate with me um, or, or my experience. So I, you know. And again, I I don't want to fault the movie for that because maybe it's capturing that time era that era in time perfectly. Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't uh it just doesn't work with me. Um I thought it was weird seeing Carol Kane in the role that she was in in this film.
0: <laughs> I while I was watching at first uh I I saw her and I was like, "Oh, it's Carol Kane." And then I remembered that I was supposed to be looking for Carol yeah. Kane and it's like I found her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I I guess so I looked up her filmography and it's actually not that i apparently she was nominated for an Oscar at some point uh, really? for a movie that she did and she did uh, quite a, a number of like serious and dramatic roles early in her career which I had no idea um, because when I think of Carol Kane I just I think of you know the lady who was on Taxi and she was in Scrooge and uh, the Prince's Bride obviously. Um, so I've always just thought of her as like a comedic actress, and I didn't realize that she was in, you know, she's she's in Annie Hall, which is a romantic comedy. Um, Dog Day Afternoon, she was in that. Um, she, was, she was in When a Stranger Calls.
0: You know the one I think of first for her? It should be When a Stranger Calls. Uh, but I always think of her in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: I, I watched that show, but I don't really remember it. I watched it like when it came out and I haven't really thought much about it since. <laughs> but she played um, like the
0: crazy conspiracy lady. She's yeah. like a New Yorker that just constantly wanted to fight people. And I was like, Yeah. All yeah right. Well that's
1: all New Yorkers. <laughs> they they always want to fight. Um but uh, yeah, I it just it was it kind of took me by surprise. I'm like, oh wow, Carol Kane is in this movie, and that's why I looked it up. I was like, what else has she done? Because, like I said, my first my first frame of reference from her is The Princess Bride, obviously. Sure. Um, but I've always just thought of her as like a comedic actress. But no, she's she's done quite a bit of stuff in in her career. So good, good for her.
0: It, yeah, uh, good I, for her. She's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I had no idea she was great in the role. It's a, it's a small role, but uh but she was good. I, I liked her character. I, I enjoyed her performance.
0: That's the other thing that kind of kills me is I think he had more she it is a very small role. I think he had more chemistry with her than he does with his girlfriend yes. in a lot of the scenes that they're in together.
1: Yeah, which uh, is which is funny because him and that uh, the lady who played his girlfriend whose name I, escapes me at the moment, but they were I know they lived together for a little bit after this movie. Really? I don't know if they were engaged or not, but uh Wow. It must have been some awkward dinners, because they there really <laughs> wasn't a lot of chemistry, at least not on screen.
0: Yeah, not on screen.
1: Yeah. A um, lot of the
0: chemistry was really banking on them, having set up the... A romance <laughs> for mm-hmm. them you know where it's like oh here's a fun goofy thing that uh he does to win her over and
1: <laughs> yeah there was a lot of weird like i guess 1940 shit going on in this movie that just seems really odd now like
0: there's just like an unintended diner that he steals a pie from and <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and then and then stalks her home it was yeah a lot of weird kind of shit going on
0: and everyone has like two or three jobs, but can't scrape up one hundred and fifty dollars. So.
1: <laughs> I, I well, I okay. So I did the inflation calculator on that.
0: Oh, good. Okay.
1: Um, and I used. I think this was nineteen forty two, but it was that's got to be close to that, right? I, I don't. I don't know the exact year it's set in, sure. but I, I went with nineteen forty two. One hundred fifty dollars in nineteen forty two is equivalent to twenty eight hundred dollars today.
0: Okay, so uh, that is a bigger deal.
1: Yeah, like, it would not be all that easy for me to scrape up 2800 bucks if I needed it right away for an emergency. I could probably pull it off, but it wouldn't be easy, you know?
0: If you had a team of three other people, though, would you hustle pool still?
1: Or yeah. would you maybe
0: pick up an extra shift at one of the many jobs you have?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Depends on how much you would be willing to kick into the pot, Cat. <laughs> if I need $2,800, you're my first call.
0: All right, whatever whatever my shoes can sell for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's uh, so that that made a, a little bit a little bit more sense to me. Um, should we talk about the racing that quote unquote racing that happens in this movie?
0: Yes, um, we should.
1: Um, I didn't
0: quite understand
1: what was going on. So there's a train track that we are introduced to very early in the film when Sean Penn creepily stares down a couple of, like, hobo kids or something. (laughs) I don't know what the (laughs) hell is going on. Um, And then they continuously go back to this this railroad track, him and and Nicolas Cage. And at some point, there's a train coming, and Nicolas Cage says, race it with me. Yeah. And then they stand there until (laughs) the train gets really close to him, and then they jump out of the way. And then they get up, and they chase the train down. And they jump, they don't jump on the actual, well, they, they get up on like the little, what the hell are they, like handrails or like ladder things?
0: Yeah. They're on the know side. It's like a freight train. Side ladders.
1: Yeah. And they just kind of hold on to those for a little while before they then, you know, let go and fall off. And they call that racing, but that's not really how a race works.
0: No. And as that's I understand the thing. it. That was the thing is because, first of all, um, in the opening shots of the movie, it is established that this is the world's slowest train. That shot is so long of the yes. train coming around the bend in the beginning. So when he says, you know, when I saw the train again and he's like, let's race it. I was like, OK, so they could actually win this feasibly <laughs> because, you know, it's not a super fast train. Right. Uh, and then he's talking about how dangerous it is. So then I'm trying to think of like what they could be doing. That's going to be dangerous. And Mm -hmm. they are at this point just standing in the track. So I'm thinking that somehow racing is like the equivalent of playing chicken. Right. That was what I thought at first too. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what they seem to be doing.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Horrible idea, by the way, don't play chicken with a train. You'll lose every time.
0: (laughs) You will lose every single time. Um, Yeah. And then they do, they just start running beside it, but then, you know, they they hop on and just kind of hang there and it's like, uh, I don't see how this is that dangerous. You know, I see how it was dangerous maybe that one day because, you know, he was pretty drunk, but... Mm -hmm. You know, even, yeah. like, if you're jumping from the side of, like, if you're at the side of a train and you jump onto it while it's moving, the worst thing that's going to happen right, is you're going to, like, smack your face and get knocked off, right? Like, I
1: mean, I don't know. I, But look, I it can't be <laughs> that dangerous. Hobos have been doing that shit for years, right? I mean, these are guys yeah. that are carrying, like, bindles and bottles of wine and shit. Like,
0: and then... So. Y- and then I thought maybe that was part of it, you know, where it's like, are they gonna get into an illegal Rumblefish style train fight, you
1: know? <laughs> I would have been uh, here for that.
0: <laughs> that would have been a very different movie. I also would have been here for it. Yeah. Um. And then you know, when Nick, uh, yeah, when Nikki doesn't pop back up right away uh, after that, it's like, okay, so this is maybe why it's called racing with the moon or whatever, like the racing's going to be a big part of it because he's going to die here. I was so convinced that Nicholas Cage had died. See, I was uh, convinced
1: he <laughs> was holding on and wasn't letting go. And he was just going to ride the train out of town or something. <laughs> like I was like, and then he showed up and I was like, all right, well.
0: And then like, it was kind of a fun moment I guess when because at the end of the movie you know they they don't get on the train to fight yeah. the war they yeah. race the train. Yeah,
1: they race the train to hop onto the one that's going to war. <laughs> they just like their family's freaking out cuz the train's leaving and they're just like smiling or whatever cuz they know what they're going to do. The 40s were a simpler time. Try that shit today, the Amtrak guy will shoot you. <laughs> um <laughs> oh. but yeah, so I the racing thing I I don't know. It was it was weird. I did read um as I mentioned I'm reading The Age of Cage and um the it goes through his filmography and it's it's going through a pretty rapid fire it doesn't really go in depth too much into to any movies um mm-hmm. some more than others this one not there's not much in the book about this one um but it does mention that uh, Nicholas Cage uh was not happy with this movie like he he literally he said he thought it was going to be a better movie Oh no. Yeah, um so I do know that he's he's not a huge fan of this movie either. Um, or at least he wasn't at the time that he did whatever interview they cited in the book, you know. Um and and I it's not a terrible movie. It's just no. kind of I don't it's know. just
0: kind of bland.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like hey, in a year, if someone asks me if I've ever seen this movie, uh, if I can remember the title, I'll probably go, yeah, I think I watched that one. <laughs> you
0: yeah. Know? I'm probably going to remember that I watched it for this podcast specifically. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Although there
0: a- are movies um because you know the Nicolas Cage is the first time I've done this for a podcast, but I've had other like interests where I've gone through chronologically and watched all of something uh and there have been movies even from that list where it's like i know exactly what date i watched this movie to sit down and like finish out this list and i still have no recollection of the movie like this could very well be one of those
1: (laughs) yeah i have a feeling that this will be one that uh that i I won't (laughs) remember for very long hopefully i'll still remember elmer um that was that was my uh, favorite part of the film uh which again made absolutely no sense uh, I think I'm kind of out on racing with the moon. Uh, yeah, I don't
0: have a lot to say about this one.
1: Yeah, um, it is. As I was watching it, I was like, man, I'm not going to have a whole lot to, to say about this movie, mainly because it is uh, so bland. Do you just want to do you want to hop into the bees?
0: Yeah. What, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah!
1: All right, so we uh, we rate uh, these movies on a scale of one to ten bees, um, mainly uh, not because we like bees or anything, but I just want to play that clip from The Wicker Man. That's that's really the only reason I, ch- I chose a scale of bees. Um, we uh, give each film uh, two ratings. Uh, we uh, start with our Nicolas Cage score uh, for the uh, for the film, and that is basically a, a rating of. Uh, the Nicolas Cage performance in the film and and, and sort of how the film handled his performance, Mm -hmm. and then we will give a score for the movie overall. Uh, Kat, do you want to start with your Cage score?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to start with my Cage score. Uh, I'm giving this one a 5.5. Okay. Uh, I think he he did an above average performance for this. Uh, The movie we've had this before where the movie kind of criminally under underutilizes him Mm -hmm. and stuff. This one was obviously better than Fast Times in that regard but it it didn't give him the room that he needed to really flourish and do something with this part. There was no dramatic reveal like in Rumblefish. He's pretty much just doing what everyone is there doing and you know he can do it well but it's not exceptional in this one.
1: Yeah, I'm right there in that same neighborhood with you. I give it a six, um, which is the same that I gave to his his performance and uh, his, the same Cage score I gave uh, Rumblefish. Rumblefish, I liked his what he was doing a lot. It just, well, there wasn't enough of it. Yeah. Um, this movie, I think we get a lot more Nicolas Cage in this movie. And I don't, don't dislike what he's doing. I just think it it doesn't stand out in, in in the way that I I have come to expect from a Nicolas Cage performance, you know? He is yeah. again, he's making the same movie everybody else is. Um which is great, but it's not, you know, really what I was I was hoping for some sort of crazy choice and we don't really get anything of that sort in this movie.
0: No, we don't.
1: So what do you uh, what do you give Racing with the Moon overall?
0: Overall, uh, I'm giving it a six. Uh, it had five point five of that is Nicolas Cage. Uh, no, okay. uh, Sean Penn gave a really good performance. Uh, there were there were a lot of elements of this movie that I did like. Uh, if it had consistently been at its top this would have been an excellent film, you know? And it was really surprised, like, cause there would be a scene where I'd be completely bored, you know, like I checked the runtime a few times yeah. in this one. Uh, I, would be just like born out of my mind wondering why the hell I was watching it. And then I would like the pool scene. I got so, I was like at the edge of my seat, I was so invested in this game of pool, which I don't think has ever happened. <laughs> um, so like, it does have moments. There were other like good elements, uh, but overall it just, it, it was okay. All it's right. better than Valley girl.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I gave this, um, as an overall movie, um, a five, um, because I think it's very middle of the road. Uh, it's like I said, I'm not, I will be struggle to tell you anything about this movie in probably three months. And in a year, I'll probably not remember anything other than the fact that Nicholas Cage is in it. um, and hopefully it's, Elmer, <laughs> yeah, and, and hopefully Elmer. Hopefully, um, it's just it's. I don't know it. It's fine. I didn't dislike it. It's the pace is a little slow. I, I fell asleep once again. Not blaming the movie though. I was tired. It was late, but um, it's just not something that's going to stand stand out for me in any way. Um, so yeah, that one. Uh, I'm giving this a five. It's it's perfectly right down the middle. Middle of the road. Fine. Average movie. Um, I'm more likely to remember Rumblefish, which I gave a much lower score to. Um, Yeah, you're not going
0: to forget Rumblefish. Right.
1: Right. Um, So, yeah, Racing with the Moon gets a five overall from me. Uh, Next week, we will be talking about another film from 1984. Um, Once again, uh, directed uh, by Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, It is The Cotton Club. And this movie... Um the reviews it were, it's not a, it's not a beloved film it um this was sort of seen as like this grand re-teaming of a lot of people who worked on the Godfather for another sort of uh, mob-based crime movie
0: okay
1: uh, it's got Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Mario Puzo, I believe he, he worked on the this he's got a story by credit um and Robert Evans produced it all of them worked on the Godfather together and so it was sort of this idea that uh, they were going to maybe bring back the magic. It, uh, from what I, I've never seen the movie, from what I understand, it does not quite work as well. Um, but it does center around a uh, the Cotton Club, which is a, a jazz club in Harlem in the 1930s. And once again, the cast is amazing. Richard Gere, Gregory Hines, Diane Lane, Bob Hoskins, uh, Fred Gwynn, Lawrence Fishburne, all of those people are in the movie. Um, I do know in the Age of Cage book, it was uh, Nicholas Cage was quoted as saying he was supposed to be um, he, he had been hired for I believe three weeks worth of work, and he was on set every day in costume for six months waiting to go.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> yeah,
1: so it was uh, uh, fraught with delays and, and problems, from what I understand, uh, which is pretty par for the course for most uh, Francis Ford Coppola films, it seems. <laughs> Uh, But we are returning to Francis Ford Coppola's world um, with a movie I haven't seen. Have you seen The Cotton Club before?
0: I have not seen The Cotton Club before. I will say I am invested in the still uh, that they have on IMDb because it is two men dancing midair.
1: Yeah, so I I guess the dance, Uh. Gregory Hines um, plays a dancer at the club or something. And I know that I, I guess that plays a role. Uh, in the film in some way or another. Um. Oh yeah, they they're dancing together there, aren't they?
0: Yeah. They, there's like one still up on the uh the gallery where they're both mid air with their arms out, <laughs> and their heels together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this might yeah. be the best still I have yet to see from a Nick Cage movie. Although the shower one.
1: <laughs> Pretty good. That's also pretty good. good. Just that, that the head peeking over there. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, anyway, uh I'm I am uh still looking forward to checking this out. I know I've been burned by I, oh, it's got Tom Waits in it again, too. <laughs> um again, I said this on the the Rumblefish episode. I'm usually really excited to see St- Tom Waits in a movie, but after Rumblefish, I don't know now. <laughs> Starting to feel a little bit burned by this uh Nick F and Wu cage cast. We got going on here, cats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been a bit of a bumpy road, more so for you than for me.
1: Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to checking it out. It's a, it's a film that uh, I, I mean, you know, I've heard a lot about it. I, I've just never seen it. So um, I am looking forward to checking that out. And uh, we'll do that next week here on the Nick F and Wu cage cast. Cat, um, where can people find you?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore Velour. You can check out my website, com, where you can uh, pre-order my book, Revenge Arc.
1: Yes, you certainly can. I've pre-ordered mine, so people need to get over there. If they want to be cool, that's yeah. what all the cool kids are doing.
0: That's what everyone's doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Radio Rob 123 And you can listen to the other show that Kat and I uh, do, along with Mikey Bones, uh, all about horror movies, it's called Slasher Radio. And you can find that wherever you are listening to the Nick fucking woo cage cast cat. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll do this again next week.
0: Yeah. Thank you.